Welcome to Cosmic Scene with Jill Jardine. I'm your host, Jill Jardine, longtime astrologer, psychic healer, and yogi. Welcome to the episode, Spiritual Inspiration for Current Times from Paramahamsa Yogananda. The recent conjunction of Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces, which occurred on April 12, 2022, opens galactic portals of spiritual light and shifts consciousness for those who are ready to go to the next level. In this episode, I'm going to share inspiration from spiritual pioneer Paramahamsa Yogananda from his book, Autobiography of a Yogi. So relevant for these times. Stay tuned. Welcome to the episode on Paramahamsa Yogananda's inspiring spiritual information from Autobiography of a Yogi, his pivotal spiritual book. I felt it fitting at this time of a major astrological conjunction of Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces to share this information of a spiritual master who led a revolution in consciousness over 100 years ago and inspired so many of us to follow a spiritual path. His teachings are so profound and necessary at this time. I read Autobiography of a Yogi and listened to the audio version several times, and it forever changed my life. It's so interesting how this book finds its way to people. That's why I'm sharing today on this podcast, hoping that it will inspire you to go get your own copy of Autobiography of a Yogi and enjoy the nectar among the words. It's interesting how it finds its way to people. I was in Sedona in 1996 with my boyfriend at the time, who later became my husband, and we were in a New Age bookstore. I think it was Crystal Magic. I was looking at all the books on channeling and other New Age topics, and Mark grabs this book, Autobiography of a Yogi, from the shelf. It was a small orange paperback. He says, I think you should read this. And I said, I've heard about it, but I don't want to read it. You read it first. Well, he read it. And he read aloud to me the chapter called Outwitting the Stars, which was about astrology in India and how it is used remedially. I was so impressed, I grabbed the book and said, I'm going to read it now. I read it voraciously, and my favorite chapter, so many years later, is still the one on astrology entitled Outwitting the Stars. And I will read excerpts from this later in the episode. Paramahamsa Yogananda in his book, Autobiography of a Yogi, has rendered profound impact on many people's lives, including famous people and spiritual seekers for almost a century. I just read an amazing book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer, who was also the author of a recent book, but now spiritual classic, The Untethered Soul. He was very much influenced on his spiritual path by Yogananda and writes about it in his books. I would be remiss if I didn't mention another famous person who felt a deep, heartfelt connection to Paramahamsa Yogananda because of the book Autobiography of a Yogi that he was so impressed by. He made sure his employees and attendees at his funeral had a copy of the book. That's right, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs loved reading books, mostly spiritual ones. However, the only book that Steve Jobs had downloaded on his Apple iPad for regular reading was Autobiography of a Yogi. 
It is the autobiography written by Paramahamsa Yogananda, who lived from January 5th, 1893, to March 7th, 1952. He wrote Autobiography of a Yogi in 1946, in which he discusses his life story and it introduced many Westerners to meditation and yoga. The book describes Yogananda's search for a guru and his encounters with leading spiritual figures such as Therese Newman, the Hindu saint Sri Anandimayama, Mohandas Gandhi, Rabbi Dranath Tagore, Nobel Prize-winning physicist Sir C.V. Raman, and noted American plant scientist Luther Burbank. There is a famous story of Steve Jobs discovering autobiography of a yogi at the age of 17 and reportedly read it every single year of his life until he passed away in 2011 at the age 56. So that's nearly 40 times. Not only that, but he gifted it to every single person who came to his funeral services. Paramahamsa Yogananda was an Indian saint who was born in 1893 and died March 1952. He was labeled a Prema avatar, or incarnation of love. Prema, P-R-E-M-A, is the Sanskrit word for love. He's best known for his pivotal book, The Autobiography of a Yogi, which was published in 1946, and hailed as one of the most important spiritual books of modern times. He began the organization SRF, Self-Realization Fellowship, in 1920, Self-Realization Fellowship is a worldwide spiritual organization legally incorporated as a nonprofit religious organization to serve as Yogananda's instrument for the preservation and worldwide dissemination of his writings and teachings, including a yogic tradition that he taught called Kriya Yoga. Self-Realization Fellowship continues to disseminate Paramahamsa Yogananda's teachings following his stated aims and ideals. And so at the end of his monumentally spiritually activating book, Autobiography of a Yogi, there is an excerpt that was written. It's called Paramahamsa Yogananda, A Yogi in Life and Death. This is a fascinating story. And I quote it. Paramahamsa Yogananda entered Mahasamadhi, a yogi's final conscious exit from the body, in Los Angeles, California, on March 7, 1952, after concluding his speech at a banquet held in honor of H.E. Benai, our Sen Ambassador of India. The great world teacher demonstrated the value of yoga, scientific techniques for God-realization, not only in life but in death. Weeks after his departure, his unchanged face shone with the divine luster of incorruptibility. Mr. Harry T. Rowe, Los Angeles Mortuary Director, Forest Lawn Memorial Park, in which the body of the great master is temporary place, sent Self-Realization Fellowship a notarized letter from which the following extracts are taken. So quoting the letter, 
The absence of any visual signs of decay in the dead body of Paramahamsa Yogananda offers the most extraordinary case in our experience. No physical disintegration was visible in his body even 20 days after his death. No indication of mold was visible on his skin, and no visible desiccation, drying up, took place in the bodily tissues. This state of perfect preservation of a body is, so far as we know from mortuary annals, an unparalleled one. At the time of receiving Yogananda's body, the mortuary personnel expected to observe through the glass lid of the casket the usual progressive signs of bodily decay. Our astonishment increased as day followed day without bringing any visible change in the body under observation. Yogananda's body was apparently in a phenomenal state of immutability. No odor or decay emanated from his body at any time. The physical appearance of Yogananda on March 27th, just before the bronze cover of the casket was put into position, was the same as it had been on March 7th. He looked on March 27th as fresh and as unravaged by decay as he had looked on the night of his death. On March 27th, there was no reason to say that his body suffered any visible physical disintegration at all. For these reasons, we state again that the case of Paramahamsa Yogananda is unique in our experience. End of quote. Fascinating. He lied there for 20 days without any decay or any sign of desiccation in his body. It's a great story. I read it to my yoga students in training, and they are blown away. I say, this is a true yogi. Stay tuned. When we come back, I'm going to share some gems from Paramahamsa Yogananda, quotes that can inspire us during these times. Here's some inspiring quotes from Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahamsa Yogananda. Live quietly in the moment and see the beauty of all before you. The future will take care of itself. Be as simple as you can be. You will be astonished to see how uncomplicated and happy your life can become. You must not let your life run in the ordinary way. Do something that nobody else has done, something that will dazzle the world. Show that God's creative you have come to earth to entertain and be entertained. There is a magnet in your heart that will attract true friends. That magnet is unselfishness, thinking of others first. When you learn to live for others, they will live for you. The power of unfulfilled desires is the root of all man's slavery. Forget the past, for it is gone from your domain. Forget the future for it is beyond your reach. Control the present. Live supremely well now. This is the way of the wise. Stillness is the altar of spirit. 
The season of failure is the best time for sowing the seeds of success. Since you alone are responsible for your thoughts, only you can change them. The secret of health for both mind and body is not to mourn for the past, worry about the future, or anticipate troubles, but to live in the present moment wisely and earnestly. Every tomorrow is determined by every today. Having lots of money while not having inner peace is like dying of thirst while bathing in the ocean. The wave is the same as the ocean, though it is not the whole ocean. So each wave of creation is a part of the eternal ocean of spirit. The ocean can exist without the waves, but the waves cannot exist without the ocean. Before embarking on important undertakings, sit quietly, calm your senses and thoughts, and meditate deeply. You will then be guided by the creative power of spirit. The true basis of religion is not belief, but intuitive experience. Intuition is the soul's power of knowing God. To know what religion is really all about, one must know God. So take these spiritual pearls and live by this advice of Yogananda. Welcome to the part of the episode when I read from my favorite chapter, Outwitting the Stars in the book Autobiography of a Yogi, in which Paramahamsa Yogananda is with his guru, Sri Yukashar, and his guru tells him about astrology and remedies. Listen. Mukunda, why don't you get an astrological armlet? Asks his guru. Should I, master? I don't believe in astrology. His guru says, it is not a question of belief. The scientific attitude one should take on any subject is whether it is true. The law of gravitation worked as officially before Newton as after him. The cosmos would be fairly chaotic if its laws could not operate without the sanction of human belief. Charlatans have brought the ancient stellar science to its present disrepute. Astrology is too vast, both mathematically and philosophically, to be rightly grasped except by men and women of profound understanding. If ignoramuses misread the heavens and see there a scrawl instead of a script, that is to be expected in this imperfect world. One should not dismiss the wisdom with the wise. All parts of creation are linked together and interchange their influences. The balanced rhythm of the universe is rooted in reciprocity, my guru continued. Man, in his human aspect, has to combat two sets of forces. First, the tumults within his being, caused by the admixture of earth, water, fire, air, and ethereal elements. Second, the outer disintegrating powers of nature. So long as man struggles with his mortality, he is affected by the myriad 
mutations of heaven and earth. His guru continues, Astrology is the study of man's response to planetary stimuli. The stars have no conscious benevolence or animosity. They merely send forth positive and negative radiations. Of themselves, these do not help or harm humanity, but offer lawful channel for the outward operation of cause-effect equilibriums that each man has set into motion in the past. A child is born on that day and at that hour when the celestial rays are in mathematical harmony with his individual karma. His horoscope is a challenging portrait revealing his unalterable past and its probable future results. But the natal chart can be rightly interpreted only by women and men of intuitive wisdom. These are few. The message boldly blazoned across the heavens at the moment of birth is not meant to emphasize fate, the result of past good and evil, but to arouse man's will to escape from his universal thraldom. What he has done, he can undo. None other than himself was the instigator of the causes of whatever effects are now prevalent in his life. He can overcome any limitation because he created it by his own actions in the first place and because he possesses spiritual resources that are not subject to planetary pressure. Superstitious awe of astrology makes one an automatum, slavishly dependent on mechanical guidance. The wise man defeats his planets, which is to say his past, by transferring his allegiance from the creation to the creator. The more he realizes his unity with spirit, the less he can be dominated by matter. The soul is ever free. It is deathless because birthless. It cannot be regimented by stars. Man is a soul and has a body. When he properly places his sense of identity, he leaves behind all compulsive patterns. So long as he remains confused in his ordinary state of spiritual amnesia, he will know the subtle fetters of environmental law. God is harmony. The devotee who attunes himself will never perform any action amiss. His activities will be correctly and naturally timed to accord with astrological law. After deep prayer and meditation, he is in touch with his divine consciousness. There is no greater power than that inward protection. Yogananda asks, then, dear master, why do you want me to wear an astrological bangle? I ventured this question after a long silence. I had tried to assimilate Sri Yukatra's noble exposition, which contained thoughts very new to me. It is only when a traveler has reached his goal that he is justified in discarding his maps. During the journey, he takes advantage of any convenient shortcut. The ancient Rishis discovered many ways to curtail the period of man's exile and delusion. There are certainly mechanical features in the law of karma that can be skillfully adjusted by the fingers of wisdom. All human ills arise from some transgression of universal law. The scriptures point out that man must satisfy the laws of nature while not discrediting the divine omnipotence. He should say... Lord, I trust in thee, and know thou canst help me, but I too will do my best to undo any wrong I have done. 
by a number of means, by prayer, by willpower, by yoga meditation, by consultation with saints, by use of astrological bangles, the adverse effects of past wrongs can be minimized or nullified. Just as a house may be fitted with a copper rod to absorb the shock of lightning, so the bodily temple can be protected in certain ways. Electrical and magnetic radiations are ceaselessly circulating in the universe. They affect man's body for good and ill. Ages ago, our rishis pondered the problem of combating the adverse effects of subtle cosmic influences. The sages discovered that pure metals emit an astral light which is powerfully counteractive to negative pulls of the planets. Certain plant combinations were also found to be helpful. Most effective of all are faultless jewels of not less than two carats. The practical preventive uses of astrology have seldom been seriously studied outside of India. One little known fact is that proper jewels, metals, and plant preparations are valueless unless the required weight is secured and unless the remedial agent is worn next to the skin. Sir, of course I shall take your advice and get a bangle. I am intrigued at the thought of outwitting a planet. For general purposes, I counsel the use of an armlet made of gold, silver, and copper. But for a specific purpose, I want you to get one of silver and lead. Sri Yukashra added careful directions. Guruji, what specific purpose do you mean? The stars are about to take an unfriendly interest in you, Mukunda. Fear not, you shall be protected. In about a month, your liver will cause you much trouble. The illness is scheduled to last for six months, but your use of an astrological armlet will shorten that period to 24 days. I sought out a jeweler the next day and was soon wearing the bangle. My health was excellent. Master's prediction slipped from my mind. I left Serampur to visit Benares. Thirty days after our conversation, I felt a sudden pain in the region of my liver. The following weeks were a nightmare of excruciating pain. Reluctant to disturb my guru, I thought I would bravely endure my trial alone. But 23 days of torture weakened my resolution. I entrained for Benares. There, Sri Yukashwa greeted me with his usual warmth, but gave me no opportunity to tell him my woes in private. Many devotees visited Master that day just for a darshan. Ill and neglected, I sat in a corner. It was not until after the evening meal that all guests had departed. My guru summoned me to the octagonal balcony of the house. You must have come about your liver disorder, Sri Yukashara's gaze was averted. He walked to and fro, occasionally intercepting the moonlight. Let me see, you have been ailing for 24 days, haven't you? Yes, sir. Please do the stomach exercise I taught you. If you knew the extent of my suffering, Master, you would not ask me to exercise. Nevertheless, I made a feeble attempt to obey him. You say you have pain. I say you have none. How can such contradictions exist? My guru looked at me inquiringly. I was dazed and then overcome with a joyful relief. No longer could I feel the continuous torment that had kept me nearly sleepless for weeks. At Sri Yukatra's words, the agony vanished as though it had never been. I started to kneel at his feet in gratitude, but he quickly prevented me. 
Don't be childish. Get up and enjoy the beauty of the moon over the Ganges. But Master's eyes were twinkling happily as I stood in silence beside him. I understood by his attitude that he wanted me to feel that not he, but God had been the healer. I wear even now the heavy silver and lead bangle, a memento of that day long past ever cherished, when I found anew that I was living with a personage indeed superhuman. On a later occasion, when I brought my friends to Sri Yukashwa for healing, he invariably recommended jewels in the bangle, extolling their use as an act of astrological wisdom. That's an excerpt from Outwitting the Stars by Paramahamsa Yogananda with his master Sri Yukashwa explaining astrology and astrological remedies. I hope you enjoyed this episode on Autobiography of a Yogi and Paramahamsa Yogananda's gems from that book, specifically around astrology and quotes to live by. Make sure you subscribe, download, share, and give us a five-star review. This is Cosmic Scene with Jill Jardine signing out, sending healing cosmic rays through the quantum field. Bye.